Welcome back to Yang Daily. I'll be your host, Alex Cheney, bringing you all the Yang news you need to live your life right. The New York City mayoral race finally comes to a close, the end times continue, and we've got some action news on the CTC, UBI, and four-day week campaigns. Let's get to it. Quick shout out to our Tier 3 patrons, Shay Meehan and Nathan Stankowski, as well as all our other patrons. You keep us all informed and engaged. If any of you out there want to join these advocates of humanity first and independent journalism, head on over to patreon.com slash yangdaily. It would only take a couple of bucks a month from each listener to keep this podcast and community going and growing into the future. Now on to the news. The final results are in for the New York City mayoral race. Assuming the election board hasn't made any more mistakes, Adams has pulled out the victory, beating Garcia by a single percent. New Yorkers have elected the avatar of corruption himself, FML. That is, those who voted at all. Out of a population of over 8 million, less than 1 million voted. And even among those 1 million, 135,000 had no say in the final outcome, because they ranked neither Adams nor Garcia. Adams won by less than 9,000 votes, or 6% of the exhausted ballots. Worse, if I'm reading the data correctly, it appears over a third of New York City Yang Gang did not rank Garcia, Wiley, or Adams. That would be very bad, because Adams won by a margin four to five times smaller than that group, meaning if even a quarter of those ranked Garcia after Yang, Adams would have lost. This is a failure to utilize RCV, either that or ignorance of Adam's record. To be fair, it's also partially a failure of New York City limiting RCV ballots to a max of five rankings, which means some of those voters likely ranked five people, but none of them were the top three candidates, resulting in them having no say in the final runoff. This is one reason to prefer score or approval voting. While they could have allowed ranking of all the candidates, it grows cumbersome, so it's often limited, partially defeating the purpose of RCV. Yang Gang were also not the only group guilty of this, of course. It just hurts more since Yang strongly promoted RCV. And for good reason. RCV turned what would have been a landslide win for Adams into a nail-biting race between him, Garcia, and Wiley, showing just how much plurality voting misses. As for what happened to turn Andrew's massive lead in early polls into a fourth-place finish, I think his podcast episode answers that much better than any other conjecture I've heard. In short, he attributes it mostly to shifting issue priorities and biased media coverage. When the race began, the biggest issue on voters' minds was COVID and the economic recovery. Yang was well-positioned to lead on those. But as the pandemic eased and crime rose, concerns over public safety turned to policing, according to the polls. Unsurprisingly, that shifted the advantage substantially from the outsider entrepreneur to the establishment ex-cop. People gave up on change and fled to their comfort zone, likely not realizing that Eric is a criminal himself. In our low-information elections, image and labels matter much more than policy. Ironically, just as I think Yang would have done much better in the presidential election had it been held later in the year, I think he would have done much better in the mayoral race had it been held earlier in the year. Timing is not his friend. The media only compounded the issue as Yang was strongly in the lead and a national unconventional figure. Almost all the attention was focused on him, both in the media and other campaigns, and it wasn't friendly. 
Whether by dint of racism, insider politics, or sheer habit, when Adams became the frontrunner, nothing changed. The media remained focused on smear stories aimed at Andrew and ignored Adams' enormous rap sheet of crime, corruption, and ethics violations. Most voters probably had no idea about that when they went to vote. As Andrew discussed on the podcast, it also forced him to take on the job that the media was not doing and attack Adams, rather than the positive campaign that he was running prior to that. Adams also had the advantage among registered voters, as the most engaged tend to be those with direct or indirect connections to government and career politicians, like union members or government workers. Those establishment groups don't tend toward outsiders like Yang, and many voters take their cues from them. By contrast, most of the people Yang's platform would best speak to are likely among the non-voting population, who are too busy or disillusioned to cast a vote. There's much more to it than that, but I think those are likely the main causes of this ridiculous swing in the polls, more so than the gaffes that people like to focus on. These fit the data better. Overall, it was another example of how biased our political systems are, why reforms are so vital, and how much difference each vote makes. I highly suggest listening to the Yang Speaks episode for more, but we'll move on for now. Continuing the End Times Daily, the biological bill has come due for the heatwave in Canada. Estimates are that over a billion animals died from overheating in the Salish Sea off the coast of Vancouver. This will continue to have ripple effects up the food chain. No part of an ecosystem can be changed without affecting the rest, which is a big element that we humans often forget, especially when thinking casually about climate change, which has already begun triggering mass extinctions of species we have little direct contact with. We're already losing bees, and that alone would be a monumental disaster as an enormous number of plants we depend on rely on bees for pollination. Extinctions will grow much worse and be the source of major food shortages for humanity in the future, which will, in turn, contribute to resource wars. Climate change is not a problem for the planet, it's a problem for humans and most other life on it. Gallup regularly polls Americans on their general sentiment, specifically whether they think they are thriving, and it's currently hitting the highest percentage since it began in 2008. Sentiment hit its low at around 46%, both during the 2008 financial crisis and during the height of the pandemic. Now it's at a high of 59%. While thriving is such a broad term as to be wildly subjective, I think it's safe to say that stimulus checks had a lot to do with that. Stimulus is certainly the only thing I can think of that would be making people better off than before the crisis, aside from cleaning out the White House, and it aligns with the record high economic metrics that we're seeing, though some of the sentiment will simply be a new perspective, with pandemic life fresh in people's minds to compare to. Advocacy Org 4-Day Week has put together a petition to encourage employers to try reducing hours without reducing pay. Take a moment to add your name at the link below or visit 4dayweek.com petition. Ten years after the two-year basic income pilot in Namibia, we are still getting new data. A follow-up report has just been published, which includes interviews of the recipients explaining the impact the trial had on them. Scott put together a great thread of some of them, which are heavy not only on quality of life improvements, but entrepreneurship. Many of the participants note the importance of not only having startup capital, but of the community having money to spend at businesses. It's a great resource for testimonials. Check it out in the links. Finally, Congress members will be holding rallies and other events in cities across the country in support of making the child allowance permanent. 
This will be happening tomorrow, well, now today, July 8th. There are too many events to list here. Check the link below for a map and a list of all the events to see if one is near you. It's well past time that we secure the survival of kids as an unconditional right. And that'll do it for today's Yang Daily. Bookmark and share the sea life disaster, the sentiment survey, the four-day week petition, the Namibia stories, and the CTC rallies. Flood Congress with calls, tweets, faxes, and letters using the resist bot or income movement easy contacts below. If you need help, consult Humanity Forward, the Income Movement Aid Database, the Mission Asset Fund, or United Way. And don't forget to Yang Daily.